It's the most boozyful time of the year. With strong drinks and opinions and crowning of champions, that's what we do here. It's the most boozyful time of the year. My name's Mike. I'll be hosting five panelists voting. We'll see just how wrong they can be. And you know, at least once Chris will sound like a dunce. That's the one thing we can guarantee. <laughs> it's the most boozyful time of the year. <laughs> Welcome wow. everybody to Boozy Bracketology. As obviously I am in the spirit. My name is Mike. And I will be your host this evening as we dive into the best television Christmas episode bracket. These are episodes of television shows that did special holiday episodes, and we're going to whittle them down from a bracket of, I believe it is 35 when you count a couple of play-in games, down to a champion. And we've got five panelists here with you to do it. I know they've been binging a lot of these over the past couple of days. Uh, so we're going to get to their votes in just a second. But first, we're going to find out how they're doing and what they're drinking, starting with the man that I just called out. Chris, my friend, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm out. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, uh, I, I figured, you know, this is the most wonderful time of the year. And we are here to celebrate the birth of Jesus, even though he was obviously born around the March, April time frame. But. I did want to get some Jesus in this uh, recording, so got myself a little bottle here, a little uh, can here of Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter, a favorite in my household. This beer is delicious. Cheers, everybody. So good. So good. I love that beer. That's fantastic. Uh, Chris, I'm actually joining you on the beer train tonight. I've got a beer from the Yazoo Brewing Company just a little north of here. Uh, I'm in Huntsville, and this is a little north in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Blanche Tank 4. Let's open this up here. Unfortunately, bottles never get that good pop, but uh, this is a uh, oak-aged wit ale with orange peel and coriander. That sounds delicious. Ooh, it is. It's more. It's a little more sour than I expected. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it to be that sour, but it's, it is very good. I'm going to enjoy it. Next up, we are going to head over to a newcomer here to Boozy Bracketology that I somehow managed to not scare away with that introduction. Brittany, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I love parody songs, so that just made me feel even more welcome on Boozy Bracketology. I was not aware that I needed to bring my own ASMR equipment, uh, but I am drinking a... Uh, I'm in the Chicagoland area, so it's a local brewery for us, Revolution Brewing, and it is their holiday-themed beer called Fistmas. It is a red ale with ginger and orange peel, and I'm going to hold it close to my mic to see if it makes the poppy sound. Oh, yeah. There we go. So That was a good one for the first try. Yeah. Are we going so, to let the name of that beer slide? That, Merry yeah. Christmas, with plenty of lube, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Fistmas, and there it is. everybody. And okay. there it is. <laughs> There's your explicit tag for the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's pretty good. I got this last year. I was very excited for it to make a reappearance this year in a fun, festive, appropriate manner. So awesome. Fistmas. You can't make this stuff up sometimes, I tell you what. It says full festive flavors for jolly joyful jingles. Nice. And that's my vocal warm up for the night. So 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I collect the I collect beer labels and the label on that can looks amazing. I want to find it yeah. just so I can have that label. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Next, we're going to throw it over to Drew Bucksbaum. How are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing well and you just want to find it because you love a good fist miss. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so after that, uh, that intro song, I've decided I probably need to up my Patreon support to help uh, afford singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for darn sure <laughs> although it wasn't as bad as it could have been uh so yeah my first time on the boozy bracketology train here uh, i'm kind of excited for it i went a little i went a little simple because i've had a a hectic uh well week i was gonna say day but hell it's been all week so i just went in the fridge found me a dogfish 60 um i guess here here's my christmas connection you ready it's it's freaking great uh sleds are a christmas thing dog sleds are a thing dogfish head dog sled yeah merry christmas yep dogfish sled exactly well cheers to that i do love a good dogfish head 60 i prefer the 90 i think the 90 is my favorite but they're all good have you had the 120 i have had the 120 it's a little much for me that's why i scale it back to the 90 yeah yep. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to throw it over uh, across Chris's house to his lovely wife, Leah. Leah, how are you doing tonight, and what are you drinking? Uh, well, like Drew, I've had a day and a week also. Um, I actually um, had a really rough night, so I haven't had a chance to get anything to drink, so I'm just drinking water from our sink. Um, but yeah, so Christmas Connection is that... Some people celebrate the birth of Jesus, and Jesus eventually turned water into wine. So let's just pretend that I'm drinking wine right now. See, I was going to say, oh, Mary's water broke when she had Jesus. So there's your water. That's a much better connection. (laughs) Holy water. That's one way of doing it. Yep. I had no Christmas connection whatsoever with my beer, so you guys are all way ahead of me. All right, and last but not least, we are going to throw it over to... Fayetteville, North Carolina, and the creator of this bracket, uh, Tim, uh, how are you doing? What are you drinking? And uh, give us a brief rundown of uh, how you put this bracket together, because I know it was a little bit different than a lot of uh, the normal process of doing it. Yeah, I am doing pretty well. Uh, I am ready for the weekend. It's Thursday night, so I only got to get through one more day. Um, My beer doesn't have a Christmas connection other than it's a green can. Uh, but <laughs> it is the Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. So Voodoo Ranger, I've made no secret. They were one of my favorite beers to just enjoy on a on a regular basis. Another good pop. As far as this bracket goes, yeah, we did something a little bit different here. So yep. I was I was doing some research trying to find, you know, what is considered the best Christmas episodes because every TV show and their mother has a Christmas episode. Uh, so I found a list of like I found like 10 or so lists and I, I started tallying and figuring out what's coming up on every list what's coming up on every list and i started seeding those but after a point i was getting to uh long lists of ones that just had like one appearance on these lists you know some of these lists were like the top 500 episodes or top 200 episodes something but you know each each episode was only coming up one so what i did is i took the top uh 16 or so and i seeded those as 
their general consensus top Christmas episodes. I seeded them one through eight on both sides. And then for nine for 16, we actually turned it over to the listeners and the fans and friends and family. And I put all of them into a survey and said, okay, pick your favorite 10. And that's how, you know, nine through 16 got seated on both sides. Uh, So that's kind of why you may have some funky seating, you know, some of the very well-regarded episodes by us, maybe a little bit lower because they weren't like critically acclaimed, but they're very good. Uh, I know Drew's already expressed his, his dismay about uh, Batman being at 11 <laughs> seed, but if you think about it, it's a fan three seed. Right. So uh, that that's kind of what we did here. And then we have a couple of playing games. There were a couple of TV shows that had pretty high um, votes for more than one episode. And so what we did is we put those two against each other. So we're going to have a a battle of West Wing episodes. We're going to have a battle of Doctor Who episodes. And we're going to have a battle of, uh, what's the third one? 30 Rock. 30 Rock rock episodes. So those are are how we got those playing games. Yep. Uh, There's a half crowdsource bracket. Uh, The kind of cool thing about that is... It could lead to a lot of cool Cinderella stories, a lot of upsets. Uh, I'm excited for this bracket. I have no idea how it's going to go. Some of these television shows and episodes I'm very familiar with, some I've never heard of before, so I can't wait to dive in. Let's do it. Uh, You mentioned the play-in game. We are going to start with that play-in game. Uh, We have one in this episode. We're doing the left side of our bracket tonight, Uh, and then we'll do the other two play-in games will be part of the following episode uh, next week. But for starters, that first play-in game is going to be two episodes of The West Wing. So we're going to start off with Chris. The West Wing is a 10 seed, so this is a play-in game for the 10 seed. Chris, is it going to be In Excelsis Deo or Noel? Tim, I hate you. (laughs) I love The West Wing. The West Wing, to me, is one of the best television shows ever made. And you picked, like, season one, season two... And you pick somehow like maybe the best episode out of season one to put into this bracket. Uh, Noel, not Noel, uh, NXLC's Deo is wonderful. You get the the nice little back and forth with Josh and Donna. You get the really heartfelt stuff with uh, with Toby. Um, you get the moment at the end with Toby and President Bartlett. And then Noel is all about trauma. It's about healing from trauma. It's about understanding what the triggers are. Um, it's about understanding stakes of what's happening. So where I come from here is this. There is a scene. I love both these shows. I love both these episodes. They're great episodes. There is a scene in the final moments of one of the episodes that I hate. I hate. It looks so dumb. It looks so cheesy. And no one, no one throws their hand through a window in that fashion. Who in the hell punches a window full palm out? Like as hard as you can. Like it, you could tell he's a he's he's from Connecticut because like that was the <laughs> worst punch I've ever seen. Uh, for me it just it leaves noel ending a little bit flat like it had it had had actually done if he had actually just like slammed his glass like he's been talking about doing all episode i'd have been okay with it but now the the ending to noel doesn't do it for me and excelsis deo is a phenomenal christmas episode has everything you want in a christmas episode 
and it ties it back with the political leanings of the episode with uh, with everything Toby's going through. So I am going with an uh, Excelsis Deo. And an Excelsis Deo gets its first vote. And before we have any Connecticut listeners complaining, uh, just I want to remind everybody, Chris is from Connecticut, so he's allowed to say those sorts of things. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got Brittany. What do you say? I agree with a lot of what Chris said. Um, I rewatched both of those episodes. I very late comer to West Wing, only watched it like right before it left Netflix. Uh, but I was very much drawn in by it and very much enjoyed it. So I rewatched both episodes in preparation for this so that I can make my arguments. And damn, those are hard episodes to pick between. Uh, they're both really incredible, but I think my vote is ultimately going to go to an Excelsis Deo because while I liked Noel a lot, it is very Josh centric and with very good reason because it is about Josh healing from his trauma, identifying triggers, learning from everything. But an Excelsis Deo is more everyone gets a part of the focus. And I feel like with a wonderful ensemble show like The West Wing, I like when the show highlights everyone rather than everything being centered around one character. Plus, you get that heartbreaking moment with Mrs. Landingham talking about her sons. And oh, I forgot about that, that starts the waterworks every single time for me. And so just from an emotional pull perspective, I got to give it to in, in Excelsis Deo. Oh, and she goes with him at the end. She goes with him mm-hmm. to the funeral at the end. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Stop yeah. taking my talking Stop. points away from me. Stop. Okay, guys, Sorry. I'm trying to host here. You can't, you can't be bringing this stuff up like that. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Uh, don't worry, this won't happen often because I haven't seen a whole lot of these episodes. I just happen to have seen both of these. And Excelsis Deo gets his second vote, has Noel on the ropes. Drew, what do you say? Oh, man. <clears throat> At, you know, the, the points that have been raised about how dickish it is to have these two episodes up against each other. And, mm-hmm. These are literally some of the best episodes of arguably the best show that's ever been written. Oh, man. Um I, you know, much like Chris, I love the, uh, the, the, the healing from trauma message of Noel. Um, I constantly harp about how we don't talk about that enough in society and, you know, to have such a prominent episode of such a prominent at the time show focused on that for a holiday episode, that that's a hard hitting message right there. So it's almost hard to top, but Honestly, uh, I also have to go an uh, Excelsius Dio because um, I, I just I, I love the I love the Toby storyline on that one. It, it it's 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 just such a human arc. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we have our playing winner there. <laughs> <laughs> and you're that's a hundred percent right. An Excelsius Dio picks up its third vote. It will be moving on to face the seventh seed in the first round but first we still want to hear from leo what do you have to say well i may or may not have sent tim threatening email messages when i saw that these two were up against each other yeah. um, which i which i had chris apologize on my behalf for so i don't know if you ever got the apology tim so i'm sorry um, i did it's okay okay um it really does kill me because both of these episodes are like mwah, chef's kiss like i would literally put these two episodes in a final matchup in this fight and really like go all in to try to get them to win. Um, the writing's fantastic. The stories are real and heartfelt and honest. They tackle very serious issues, but they still have their quippy, humorous lines that really just feel like a warm hug. Like this is like 
peak West Wing where it just every single scene is magical. Um, both of these episodes produced Emmy wins for Richard uh, Shift and Bradley Whitford. Um, these are the episodes that they submitted for their Emmy wins um, for the first and second season. Um, so this really was a true Sophie's choice for me. I always have regarded Noel as being like one of my favorite West Wing episodes. Like if I just think about memorable West Wing episodes, Noel's always one that comes to mind. However, when I went back and just watched both of them back to back for this bracket, I have to give it to Inesalcius Deo. Um, it just like really hit on every single holiday level. Um Noel, the part that I always remember, which is why it sticks out in my head, and because it's not going to move on, I need to talk about it now, is that scene with Josh and Leo in the lobby before Donna takes him to the hospital and get his hand checked out. When Leo gives that awesome speech about, um, you know, a friend falls into a well and how his friend jumps in after him and he's like, what are you doing? We're both in the well now. And he's like, yeah, but I've been here before and I know the way out. And like, obviously I just butchered that whole scene and it wasn't magical when I just said it. But when you're watching that scene, like, oh my gosh, it just tugs at your heart. So that's the part of Noel I always remember. But comparing episode to episode, Inacelsius Deo just has a lot more to offer overall. And it's just beautifully shot and written. So I had to go with Inacelsius Deo. And Excelsius Deo gets his fourth vote. Leah, I know exactly that's that speech by Leo you're talking about because I still cite that sometimes yeah. to this day, 20 years later. Uh, Tim, we have a sweep on our hands. So this is a little bit unfair um, because I must be the only person on this panel who hasn't watched The West Wing. Um, <gasps> that's a sin. And, and I'm probably going to be kicked off the panel for that. Uh, so when I was doing my research here, I was trying to find something that differentiates the two. And I found, some, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm a veteran. Uh, you know, I've got people in my life who've dealt with trauma. So there's, you know, there's something in both of these episodes. But the one thing that stood out to me just as a differentiator when I was in elementary and middle school, I played the cello and Yo-Yo Ma being on this episode is a differentiator. And not only was Yo-Yo Ma on this episode, but when you usually have an artist like that on a show, uh, they mime playing. They're not actually playing. Yo-Yo Ma played box suite number one in G major 45 times while filming this episode. And for that, I cast my vote for Noel. <laughs> and, no, and Noel gets a very justifiable vote there at the end to avoid the sweep. And and that is completely reasonable, given that that vote was way closer than the than the vote actually ended up indicating. Uh, in Excelsis Deo, we'll be moving on into the first round uh, to play a little later on in this episode when we get back around to it. Uh, and now from two very serious, very heartfelt episodes, we're going to dive into the main <laughs> round. And your first matchup of the main round is going to be between the number one seed of The Office, the Christmas Party episode, versus the number 16 seed of South Park's Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh. <laughs> and now for something completely different, Brittany, you're up first. All right. Uh, well... This one's really easy for me because I have 
of the list of episodes I made to rewatch, the one that I refused to rewatch was the Mr. Hankey episode because I saw it before and I, I'm not a South Park person. I don't like it. I don't get it. I know I might get kicked off the panel for it, but I just feel like it was so gross the time I saw it. And I just, I couldn't make myself rewatch it. Whereas I'm not super fond of the office Christmas party episode. It's an okay episode. I know. Okay. I can see everyone's <laughs> facial reactions. No one on listening can, but I think they can hear them. Um, we might have to go to the harder drinks guys. Yeah. Just for me, it's going to be the office Christmas party just because I just cannot stand Mr. Hanky. It's just not my humor. I find it gross. And I, I just, I couldn't even make myself rewatch it for this bracket. And I'm a completionist type of person. And it <laughs> hurt me to not watch, like, finish the list. But I just couldn't. So for that reason, the Office Christmas Party gets my vote. And the Office Christmas Party gets the first vote here. Drew, I know the listeners couldn't see it, but you had quite some demonstrative facial expressions while Brittany was talking. So tell us what you got to say. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I do love South Park um, for, you know, for all the stupid humor in there. There's some great social political commentaries that run through all the seasons. Uh, Mr. Hankey does not really deliver us any great social commentary. Um, uh, Kyle's Kyle's uh, a Jew on Christmas song is is fantastic. Um Honestly, probably as a fellow Jew, the highlight of the episode for me. Um, it's a classic, but uh, it's not one to me. It's not one of the standout South Park episodes. It doesn't deliver anything above and beyond. Whereas the office Christmas party, um, just how Michael destroys the secret Santa and turns it into a Yankee swap and just, all, all of his outlandish behaviors just uh, it's such a good episode uh, to me like the later half of season two is where the office started like really holding me and it was around this episode where it did that so for all those reasons office christmas party also has my vote and the office christmas party picks up its second vote as we turn it over to leah all right well i'm really glad that Brittany went in front of me because um I pretty much agree with her 100%. Like, I don't like South Park. I don't get its humor. It's not my thing. Um, but I gonna... <laughs> Okay. But I am going to vote for the Office Christmas Party just because I could stand it a little more. But it still was kind of cringeworthy, which I know the point of a lot of the things that Michael Scott does is to make you cringe. Um, but there's a lot more uh, more fun episodes on this bracket that come from comedies that I actually really enjoyed. Um, but I really liked uh, some of the things in the office Christmas party episode, which we may or may not talk about later on, depending on, wait, is it moving on yet? Do we know yet? Um, depending on how it go it goes. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I feel like anyone who's worked in some kind of office situation had to endure a Christmas party could somewhat relate, to, you know, not to the outlandish uh uh, levels that the office Christmas party developed um, in the episode, but the, the same kind of vibes are there that can sometimes happen at an office Christmas party. So uh, yeah, even though I didn't think it was as good of an episode as it could have been, 
um, I'm going to vote for the office Christmas party. And Leah, your vote is the vote that guarantees that the office Christmas party will be moving on, but we still want to hear from Tim and Chris, Tim. Yeah. So this one is, it's pretty easy for me. Um, I enjoy South Park. I haven't seen every episode. I have seen Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Um, I do watch episodes from time to time. So I do appreciate its humor. Um, but the office Christmas party is kind of like like their Christmas episodes in general are, are some of the most standout episodes of a standout show. And Christmas party is hands down probably the uh the best one among them um the 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 entire idea the entire concept of converting a a a secret santa a very personal thing to a a yankee swap a a white (laughs) elephant whatever you call it in your region um is absolutely hilarious um michael's reaction to meredith flashing him at the end cheek take a picture um Jenna Fisher on Office Ladies actually revealed the contents of the teapot letter. Um, so, so you know, in the episode, Jim takes the teapot letter back, and then she reads it in season nine, and he wrote it at that point. Uh, I don't think there was anything on it at the time, but it ended up being this really heartfelt letter, not from Jim to Pam, but from John to Jenna about the journey that they've been on through nine seasons of the office. And it was really, really sweet. Um, so I, I have to get this to the office. And Chris, will it be a sweep? I want to take a second and just address something that Drew said, because I feel like there's been a gross miscarriage of justice here. Drew, how dare you say that Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh does not have any political commentary? It is quite obviously so, a political commentary on how we treat a core function of our body and just throw it away <laughs> that's fair i i'm sorry i should have said an important socio-political <laughs> listen i'm, I'm old, a shitty one i am old enough to remember when south Don't park sh- came out back when south park was good um south park it still has its moments for a few years south park was awesome like i love south park uh but it's never been my my real my jam. The Office isn't my favorite sitcom. It wasn't my favorite NBC sitcom at any point in time it was ever on the air. Well, that Christmas party episode's freaking funny. It is so awkward. Everyone's fighting over it. Was it, it was an iPod video? Is that what it was? Just the iPod, yeah. I think. That was an iPod video. It was iPod video. Yeah. It was four hundred dollars. The screen on it capable of playing videos. Yes, I had one of those actually. I did but... <laughs> too until I put it through a washing machine. Oh, mine actually is still here Ooh. somewhere. Uh, but just like The Office and just like South Park, I grew out of my iPod video. I grew out of Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. The Office gets the vote. And The Office does get the vote and the sweep. Uh, lest we forget, there are another important aspect of the socio-political commentary of South Park's Mr. Hanky, the Christmas view episode was to establish that Kyle's mom is in fact a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yep. In in a, in a outcome that surprises absolutely nobody, uh, the number one seed does take out the 16th seed and we'll be moving on to the next round to face one of these two contestants. We've got the eight seed of Hey Arnold, Arnold's Christmas taking on the number nine seed of How I Met Your Mother, 
How Lily Stole Christmas. And first up, I believe we have Drew. Yeah, this this isn't even close. This is this is a curb stomping, in my opinion. <laughs> I liked Hey Arnold. It's a nice, wholesome cartoon. This episode doesn't stand out that much above any other Hey Arnold episode. It's cute. It's good. I would argue that any episode of How I Met Your Mother is better than this episode of Hey Arnold. Um, even even the crappy final season would still rate above this episode of Hey Arnold. Uh, just because, you know, it, 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 How I Met Your Mother was just very well written. Um, and the cast together, much like the Friends cast, they just kind of belonged together. Um, so it just, it, it just worked so well. And um, I mean, Lily's perfect in this episode, uh, even though she's a Grinch. Um, but you didn't say yeah, Grinch. You. <laughs> that time I did say Grinch. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to how I met your mother. It's not even a conversation. And how I met your mother picks up a first vote. Leah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Hey Arnold that I, I didn't grow up with it. Maybe if I had, I would have liked the episode better. Um, but I, I didn't, so I didn't. Um, so how Lily stole Christmas though, or Xmas, it really should be called how Marshall saved Christmas. Cause Marshall is my favorite in this episode. He is just this positive attitude and unwavering Christmas spirit, just getting so joyful and so much negativity between Lily and Ted in this episode, which I didn't really care for, but I liked how it balanced out with Marshall's positivity and that they had to, you know, kind of come together at the end. Um, and at the end of the day, does it really matter if we're feuding with a friend? It's, we just got to like overlook some of this petty stuff and just be together and, and support each other during the holidays. So it's definitely going to be how Lily stole Christmas. For me. And how Lily stole Christmas picks up a second vote. Tim. Yeah. So for me, this one was actually just a little bit tough. Like I had to take a second and think about this one. Um, when, I, when I looked at the episode titles, I, the, the the Hey Arnold episode didn't ring any bells, but then I started looking at the description and, you know, memories flooded back. I'm a kid of the 90s. I loved Hey Arnold growing up. Um, but How Lily Stole Christmas is hilarious. And, and, and I think we're missing the ultimate important point of the episode is that found family is more important than actual family, you know. Who wants to spend Christmas with their stuck-up family, uh, not uh, not stepping on any toes, doing all this? When you can, you know, share a beer with your best friend, reunite with your your, you know, with with your fiance, um, and and you know, we have to give a shout out to the Christmas story uh, little joke, you know. But I didn't say Grinch. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, this ended up being slightly more difficult than it probably was for most but still very easy it's how lily stole christmas and how lily stole christmas picks up its third vote and we'll be moving on to the next round but we still have to hear from our remaining panelists chris listen i'm not saying ted was right with what he said yeah i am saying i am i get it <laughs> right <laughs> because like we've all had those friends that we've had to pick up who were broken and useless after a breakup and you've got to build them back up and one of the ways you do that is by tearing someone else down behind their back not saying it's right i'm saying you got to do what you got to do sometimes 
Uh, you listen, I, I age out of Hey Arnold. Uh, Tim's a football head for light putting it on the show. Um, sorry, Tim. Yeah. I, it's not my cup of tea. Hey Arnold was never in my in my repertoire. Uh, I for eight and a half seasons, How I Met Your Mother was one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. For eight and a half seasons, it was up there, uh, and then it tumbled on the rankings quick. But this is a a really good early episode because I think it really does a good job of painting the relationship between not just uh, Ted and Marshall, but the relationship between Ted and Lily is just as strong. Now, if anybody who needs me, I'm going to be eating a sandwich. <laughs> and how I met your mother picks up a fourth vote. Brittany, do we have a sweep? You know, I'm kind of glad I got to go last on this one uh, because I can share some thoughts about, Hey Arnold, that I don't feel like, you know, got addressed but uh, Tim mentioned found family um, in a very different sense. That's what the Hey Arnold Arnold's Christmas episode was all about was he was finding his neighbor's daughter. Like he went through doing this entire Christmas list of shopping so that the Department of Records guy could find her. And then he can't find, I think it was the Nancy Spumoni snow boots. And then Helga, who's been looking all episode to find Arnold, the perfect gift that says, I love you and I hope you think of me soon, football head. And we can all agree that Helga Pataki was a lot and like had this massive crush on Arnold that was, you know, so cringy. But at the same time, if you were a kid of the 90s, you probably considered making a shrine to something in your closet, a la Helga's shrine to Arnold. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But like, I get it. Like, she just. She loves very intensely, and I absolutely loved how Lily stole Christmas, and I'll get to talk about that in the next round more, uh, but I'm going to ruin the sweep a little bit. I'm going to give my vote to Hey Arnold, because it just really touched me, and I actually kind of cried rewatching this episode, um, especially at the end where the family does get reunited, and you realize it's because, and like at the end, Helga doesn't even take the credit for making that happen. She shows up to the guy and she's like, here's the snow boots. Don't leave the office. I know you're closed, but this is all about reuniting a family and uses her very Helganess to make that happen. And then doesn't even tell Arnold like he'll never know. So hey, I'm going to give my vote to Hey Arnold. And Hey Arnold does pick up a vote to avoid the sweep. But how I met your mother, how Lily stole Christmas will be moving on to the next round as we move on. To our next game. Will this be the 12-5 upset of the bracket? We'll see how this goes. The number five seed is The Simpsons. Simpsons roasting on an open fire. And it's taking on the 12 seed of Grey's Anatomy. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. We're starting this one off with Lil- with Lily. <laughs> with Leah. <laughs> Not reading too much I, into that. I, I, I would be offended by that, but Lily's awesome. I will gladly take Lily uh, any day. Um, so you guys can sit back, get comfortable, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk about this episode of TV um, past this round in the bracket. So you guys are just going to have to listen to me talk about Grey's Anatomy for a little bit. So when I think about peak Grey's Anatomy, the most amazing episodes were in season two. By far. Season two, one of my favorite seasons of any TV show ever. It's so good. Um, and this holiday episode in season two is one of my favorites. I could watch it every year. Um, It was written for melancholy people like me. Um, Because in the episode, you know, we've got 
Izzy, who's trying to stay positive and mask her pain by baking and decorating and being like Martha Stewart and Oprah combined, even though everyone else around her is a bunch of Grinches or Scrooges or whatever you want to say. Um, we've got uh, Burke and Christina who are dealing with their own spiritual beliefs and how they're in a relationship, but Burke is spiritual or religious and Christina is not at all. So what does that look like spending the holidays with the person you love when one of the most important aspects of your belief system is totally ignored by that person? Um, so that's really interesting to watch. But really the highlights for me are the Mer Meredith and Derek stuff. It's really the high notes for me as they struggle keeping their spirits high when they can't actually be with the one they love. Every time they see each other in this episode, they're all sad and they're like, yeah, holidays. Yeah, holidays. I get it. Like, it just breaks my heart. I am here for sad McDreamy. Um, and that scene at the end when he has to tell his wife, yeah, I'm with you, but that doesn't mean I stopped loving her. And just that look on his wife's face hearing that once she's trying to be positive and celebrate the holidays with her husband and being back together with him and just hearing those words from him just breaks her heart and she doesn't really know where to go from there. So all of these characters just, characters just struggle with their emotions. And there's at least one storyline that I think everyone kind of gravitates to in this episode. Um, but then at the very end, it ends on that note of the three friends and their dog laying under the Christmas tree, all feeling so down and depressed. And they just lay under the Christmas tree and stare up at the Christmas lights. And they're there with each other, not saying a word, just watching the pretty lights spin around. It is so good. And it is what Jesus would freaking do. It's a great episode. My vote's for Grey's Anatomy. So I, I heard a vote for The Simpsons, right? That was a vote for The Simpsons. <laughs> No, I will not be speaking about the Simpsons at this point. <laughs> no. Uh, one, um, let's just call it emphatic vote for Grey's Anatomy. Tim, over to you. Um, okay. This one's not difficult at all. Um, I, I don't watch either of these shows regularly. Um, I have watched The Simpsons from time to time. Um, the one thing I know about Grey's Anatomy is everybody fucks and everybody dies. Um, that's two things <laughs> sure. no they do them, they do them concurrently okay um, i have no desire to watch Grey's anatomy but we're if, if if we're talking about a show correct me if i'm wrong this is the very first simpsons episode it ever, is ever ever period the so only one all, that ever aired in the 1980s all 32 seasons or whatever we're up to started with Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Uh, so I'm going to give it my vote. And Simpsons roasting on an open fire does pull even with Grey's Anatomy. Coming back around to the top to hear, with, hear from Chris. There's no doubting that the Simpsons uh, roasting on an open fire might be one of the most influential uh, Christmas episodes of all time because of what it launched. Uh, you know, 1989, the Simpsons come out. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons. My parents wouldn't let me watch that. That being said, I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne either. Um, thank God for that. I hate that show too. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, what it does capture is it captures the melancholiness, if that's a word, of what I imagine it's like to be in a hospital on Christmas. Like that's not, no one's having a good time. It's not a happy place that time of year. 
Um, it does a good job of capturing that, but I'm not a Grey's Anatomy fan, especially since they brought on Jack Bauer's ex-girlfriend who went crazy uh, in season five, Leah? Is that when Kim Raver showed up, season five? Yeah, but I don't remember her going crazy, but that's a whole other she, on, on 24, she went crazy. I couldn't stand her in 24. I don't like her pretty much anything I've seen her in. But you know what? At the end of the day, The Simpsons is going to win out just because of the fact that it has that legacy along with it. I don't think it's a great Christmas episode, but the nicest thing I can say about Grey's Anatomy is that it does at least capture the the feeling that I imagine it's like being in a hospital at that time of year. But The Simpsons gets my vote. And The Simpsons picks up a second vote. Brittany, what do you say? Well, I'm going to preface this with uh, this is one of the only Simpsons episodes I've ever seen, and this is the only Grey's Anatomy episode I've ever seen. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I... Uh, kind of like Chris just said, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up um, because my parents wouldn't allow it. So I didn't really get that cultural vibe. Like, I there's a lot of cultural references made by friends about The Simpsons that I just don't get because I never watched the show. Um, I do know that my friends love the show. I know for I have friends who love Grey's Anatomy. I just never really got into either of the shows. And there's so much content out of there. It feels like it's hard to get into those shows because... I, again, as mentioned before, I'm a completionist, um, and I, so I want to go back and rewatch everything I've missed up until this point, but there's so much backlog of content, it's daunting. Um, that being said, uh, there's a little bit of, I don't know if, like, almost O. Henry-esque moment in the beginning of the Simpsons episode where it's like Marge has to spend all of their jar money, all the holiday money, to get Bart's tattoo removed. <laughs> And then, thank goodness for the Christmas bonus, and then immediately Homer loses the Christmas bonus. Like, well, thank goodness for the holiday money. And it's just watching what he goes through to try to make his family's Christmas the best Christmas possible, only to just end it by finding a dog who can't, who loses that dog race by so, so much. And <laughs> it's like, and they just, that's how they get Santa's little helper. Um was just comical but also with like i i didn't know that jingle bells batman smells came from the simpsons episode um so that was really fun to hear organically i was like oh i've heard that song so many times didn't know that was a simpsons thing um and the Grey's anatomy episode had a lot of poignant moments and there was like some interesting discussions with you know especially the little boy who's like i don't want to keep taking heart like my mom prays for another kid to die so that I can have his heart. And that was really a punch in the gut. So emotionally, both of these episodes just kind of hit differently for me. But for me, a lot of times the Christmas stuff is a little bit more lighthearted. So I think for that reason, I am going to have to go ahead and give my vote to Simpsons. Because I like the lighthearted punch a little bit more than the really dark punch. And the Simpsons picks up its third vote and we'll be moving on. Drew, did we get this one right? And here I thought I was going to have to come in and be the savior with a tie. I, in my head, did not see Brittany going The Simpsons. Um, just with her views on South Park, I just thought another, you know, adultish cartoon. Granted, not as childish as South Park can be or potty humory as South Park can be. But I thought it was going to be the same genre. And I thought she was going to thought she was going to go graze. And I was going to have a great moment here and getting to a tie break. But what I will say, I love Grey's Anatomy. I've watched the whole thing in the last year and a half 
all you know freaking 18 seasons um it was a challenge i was told i wouldn't be able to do it so i did it because that's the type of you know ass i am uh (laughs) i will agree like second season is phenomenal you know that that set of cast is is iconic and phenomenal and i love this episode however i'm born in 1986 three years before the simpsons is released the simpsons was my childhood this is the episode that started it all. You know, this episode does have all the feels for a Christmas. I mean, Homer takes a job as a mall Santa and makes a paycheck of $13 <laughs> trying to save Christmas. And then the man brings home a puppy. Does it get any more wholesome than that? Uh, so my vote is going to go to the Simpsons and I'm going to crack open a second beer here. Um, I got a Lagunitas IPA. It's hard to go wrong there. My computer screen has a Lagunitas IPA. (laughs) Yep. That one got a little wet there, but the Simpsons picks up a fourth. Loud as possible. (laughs) Simpsons is going to pick up his fourth vote. We'll be moving on. Um, I might, I guess I might be the only person who actually watched that episode live when it aired on this podcast. I distinctly remember it very well. Uh, that moment, it was actually, even then it had already been hyped so much. It was a cultural touchstone. We get it. You're old. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I know. I I know. I didn't throw the information in on my speech, but I was actually born in November, 1989. So you (laughs) might've watched it. You just don't know. That's there you go. You could have been in the same room. (laughs) That's true. All righty. Well, let's find out who the Simpsons roasting on an open fire is going to be facing in the next round. Our next game is going to be between the number four seed of lost the constant versus the number 13 seed of letter Kenny's episode three wise men. And I believe we are starting this one off with Tim. All right. So this is probably going to be the least interesting matchup. Um, I'll be honest. The way to get me to never watch a show is to, continuously rave about how good it is over and over (laughs) and over and over and i have never bothered to watch an episode of letter kenny i don't ever intend to i cannot do it i love lost i even love the ending of lost sue me um, the constant is a great episode and it's going to get my vote here, uh, simply because it's not letter Kenny. <laughs> That's a vote for lost Chris, your rebuttal. Y'all I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I was in the lost bucket from day one. I watched the pilot episode on TV. Uh, it seems like, Oh, I didn't watch anything because of the hype. Why start watching Lost? Because very few people, I mean, it had a huge start, but it got bigger as it went on. Then it got smaller and smaller as people realized, these guys don't know what the hell is going on. They don't know how this is going to work. A smoke monster turns into a person who was a smoke monster, who was a random monster who could pull people. It's it's weird. Um, Spoilers. I'm sorry, smoke monster. Yes. And then a guy named Jacob shows up for no reason whatsoever. Oh, Lord. Uh, I will. I am not one to say Letterkenny is an amazing show. Letter Kenny is a freaking funny show. It's Canadian TV. It's the second one of two Canadian shows on this bracket. And it's just freaking funny. 
And the three wise men kind of combines the best parts of Letterkenny to me because one, it's got that raunchy humor, but it's got four people who genuinely like being together, four really good friends interacting with each other that are hilarious together. But it also brings in the spirit and the purpose of Christmas. You talked about earlier, you know, family isn't the people, family, the, the family that you find is better than the family that you have sometimes. That's what this entire show is about. These are a brother and sister and two other friends who find a bunch of other people. And in this episode, they're just coming together to have a good time. And they're going to cheers it all off by having the three wise men at Christmas. Like, I want to do the three wise men at Christmas now. I really do. Letter Kenny is a funny show. It's a really funny show. But in this show, in this episode, is some of the best parts of Letterkenny. It's good times with good people. It's what this hell, it's what this show is about. It's good times with good people that you care about and you want to hang out with. That's what it's like watching Letterkenny. It's what it's like watching this episode of Letterkenny. Letterkenny gets my vote. Letterkenny pulls even with Lost. Brittany, you're up. Um, so this is the only episode of Lost I've ever seen. And this is the only episode of Letterkenny I've ever seen. And um, I'm going to have to say dropping in in the middle of either of these shows, it was a lot less confusing and mindfucky to drop into Letterkenny than it was to drop into Lost on this episode because I had no clue what was going on. I didn't know who any of these people were. I didn't know what was happening. Like, they're like, are you not concerned they're on a boat 40 meters out? I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, or maybe it's 40 miles out. I don't know. It was just like, okay, so they're on a boat. I thought they were on an island. What is happening? I did like, I remember when people watched Lost. I remember my friends talking to me about Lost. Could not tell you what Lost was about. Didn't even know it involved time travel until I watched this episode. Um, and I was so confused. Letter Kitty. I didn't know who anyone was. They seemed like they were having a good time. Uh, I was surprised that I couldn't understand some of them uh, with the accents. Um, I was like, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what she's saying. I don't know who this person is. But everyone just looks like they're enjoying themselves. So this is just coming down to the vibes for me. And I just left the Letterkenny episode with better vibes than I left the Lost episode with. Because I truly did not understand what was really going on in either of them. But I felt the vibes were better on Letterkenny at the end so letter kenny gets my vote and letter kenny is going to pick up a second vote the 13 seed has the four seed getting a little worried drew how worried should it be i i don't know uh so i also fall into the boat of never really watching either of these shows i watched part of the first season of lost it was my freshman year of college um i found other distractions at college and didn't really continue with lost um that being said you know it it was such a part of the cultural zeitgeist that i have a basic understanding of what's going on so i didn't have quite the confusion uh that britney did and i you know I, I i actually do enjoy the the time travel element of of that episode uh that being said never having watched letter kenny uh, you know, being fair, maybe I'll start it at season one at some point because a lot of people have told me I'd like it, but I couldn't get more than five minutes into the episode without finding it unwatchable. Uh, so that being said, uh, Lost is getting my vote because I was able to watch more than five minutes of it. <laughs> You're wrong, but okay. Again, I'm willing to give it a shot from season one, but dropping in in the middle of nowhere, it was just like, what the fuck is this? To be fair, that's what season one is going to be like, too. 
it's it's a day in the life show. Like you're gonna drop in and you just you just kind of meet the characters. So sorry, Tim or Mike. Back and, to you. Nope, nope. Uh, Andrew having the I can watch more than five minutes of this episode is a completely reasonable reason to vote for one over the other. Uh, that brings us to a tie, which gives us our first opportunity in this episode to open it up to the possibility of a buzzer beater. Does anybody want to try and sway Leo one way or the other on this particular matchup? Not seeing a whole She's lot of enthusiasm. I'm also yeah. fist pumping in the background too. You guys can't see me because I'm not on the camera, but I am fist pumping. I really wish I could see you, but I'm excited to hear you right now. Take it away. All right, so I, I kind of hate that this comes down to me, but I'm also really glad that you guys don't seem to have a lot of emotional investment in what this matchup is going to lead to, um, except for Chris, apparently. Uh, but you didn't vote for Grey's Anatomy just because I liked it, so screw you. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, let's go. Okay. Boom. <laughs> that one's a Grinch. We're going to be pausing the podcast here for 30 seconds. Okay, so we're not really pausing, right? I can still talk? Yes. Okay. I'll finish while you're wrapping up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, so here is my dilemma, is that I love the Christmas element of this Lost episode. I came into Lost in season two, not from the get-go, but this was, what, season four of Lost? So I was all in on Lost at this point. Uh, Desmond and Penny, I heart them forever. And this episode and the one kind of Christmassy scene that they have where they're connecting with each other on the phone. Oh my gosh. One of the best scenes in all of Lost is just listening to Desmond and Penny talk to each other from like four years difference. It really makes you believe in the magic of Christmas and that love can conquer all, even time travel, if you really, really work for it. Desmond is using everything in his power to get to Penny. Penny is using everything in her power to get to Des. <sighs> Desmond and Penny forever. Don't ever give up on love. Um, the only issue I have is that it's just that one little Christmas element. Is that, that's it. It's not really a whole Christmas episode. Um, with that said, though, Letterkenny is not for me. Um, I watched this episode with Chris like a year or two ago whenever he watched Letterkenny and I hate it. I really hate every single thing about Letterkenny. I can't like it's an ongoing joke with Chris and I that he's like, I'm going to force you to watch it. Like that would be my idea of torture is to make me watch another episode of Letterkenny. So please don't make me watch it ever again. I'm glad it's not on this bracket so I don't have to actually watch it again for the next round. Um, I would just watch that Desmond and Penny scene from Lost on loop and that can just be my whole christmas episode so my vote is um enthusiastically for lost the constant hey leah just real quick i just want to let you know being that you just tore my heart out i was really happy it wasn't penny's vote <laughs> well I, I want to interject for one second and say you said exactly what was on my mind about the lost only having a small christmas element i actually drove my fiance crazy last night debating I was like, well, the Lost episode only has like a little bit of Christmas. The Letter Kenny episode is clearly more of a Christmas <laughs> right. episode, but it's trash. How do I vote? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not drinking three wise men with him. Well, I that's for, the only part I approve of. I'll do that with you. For for somebody who never watched Lost, never got into Lost, the whole not Penny's boat thing is one of the few uh, cultural touchstones with it I have. And as somebody whose daughter is named Penny, it, and I never put that together before it kind of puts things in a whole new light but lost we'll be moving on 
to face the Simpsons in the next round. There's a local team here at the bar I play trivia at. Shout out to Liquid Courage Live Trivia. Uh, they use the name Not Penny's Boat all the time. <laughs> Never knew that was a lost reference. I, like, I don't know why they use Not Penny's Boat. And then I heard Not Penny's Boat. And I was like, oh, is that where that came from? And then just, this week they were Not Penny's Gravy Boat because holidays. So. <laughs> Nat- natu- naturally. Naturally. So. And we're going to move on to our next matchup. It is going to be the number six seed of Downton Abbey, the cleverly titled Christmas at Downton Abbey episode versus versus the number 11 seed Schitt's Creek, Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose. I believe we are back up at the top with Chris. Chris, how do you feel about these two? Oh, thank God I get to start this one because y'all... You're not gonna you're not gonna believe this by looking at me, but I've seen both Downton Abbey movies in the theaters, and they're good. It is entertaining as hell. And I don't know why. I don't know why the TV show can't be as good as the movies. I don't get it. With that being said, listen, if you watch Shits Creek from the beginning and you get to this episode, this episode is amazing. If you're just dropping in, you're not going to understand. But if you watch that show from the beginning and you can see the character growth, this episode flashes back to when they had money to when they were these really, really shitty people. And you see where they are now and you see the growth. You see David and Patrick in this loving relationship. You see um, Alexis's growth and development. You see Johnny Rose grow into understanding and being the loving father and you see him longing for that. And you see how he realizes how, how while they had all this money, they had nothing because they weren't a family. And then living in this shitty little motel in this shitty little town, they have more than they ever had before. That's what Christmas is about. Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose wraps this show up so perfectly. But you have to see the other episodes. You have to see their growth and their journey in this 30-minute Canadian television show comedy. It makes no sense that it has these emotional stakes, but that is one of the best sitcoms of the last 25 years. And this episode is perfect because you get to see the growth from being a group of shitty people to being a group of close knit, loving, amazing family function, family dynamic shits Creek all the way. Shits Creek picking up its first vote. Brittany over to you. I just want to preface this with Tim. I hate you for pitting these two shows against each other in the <laughs> bracket. Um, I know you did it numerically or whatever, but I hate that these are against each other because I would move either of these down the line, probably. Uh, that being said, uh, I did. I have seen both of these shows in their entirety, start to finish, uh, in some cases, some episodes more than once. I haven't seen the second Downton Abbey movie yet, but I did see the first Downton Abbey movie and I really liked it. Um, This Christmas at Downton Abbey episode is just peak goodness of the show, in my opinion. It's the culminate, like it's the, I don't even know how to put it. It's just like the apex of these moments between these couples that you've been rooting for. Like this is the episode where uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen Downton Abbey, you find out that um, Mr. Bates isn't going to be executed for murder. Uh, He's just got life in prison instead. And so you get to see him and Anna who have finally found happiness 
know that that happiness isn't quite over yet. You have Mary and Matthew Crawley who have been will they, won't they, probably not for so long, finally like having their moment, Mary revealing that she's a quote unquote trollop for sleeping with an unmarried man like back in 1912, which to be fair, you know, scandal. Uh, but you have finally that storyline resolving itself with everyone in the family now knowing that that's happened and she doesn't have to hide it anymore. You see her split from Richard, who's horrible to her all the time. He's not, you know, an awful person, but he's really, really not good for her. And it's just all of these storylines coming to a head. And granted, it's also the season finale for season two of Downton Abbey. But you get all of this resolution to storylines, all of these things coming together. Mary and Matthew finally getting together. Like you've been rooting for all the time. And I know it's weird because they're like fourth cousins or whatever, but it's Regency England. What are you going to do? Um, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, the Shit's Creek episode, they finally are real. Like the speech that Johnny gives to Moira almost at the end about how he thought, even with all the misfortune their family had found, that they have finally come together as a family. And so when they don't want to be there, together on Christmas he just flashes back to all those rich parties where he ends the night alone staring at the tree wishing that his family was there with him and then when they when they show up at the motel and it turns out they have put together this beautiful party because it's so important to him just touches my heart in so many ways and it's just and when uh Twyla starts singing Silent Night like it just I I want to cry and it's just Everything is so sweet between both of these episodes, and I really hate that they're against each other. <laughs> um, but I think I am going to have to give my vote to Christmas at Downton Abbey because just such a strong episode of that show. But I hate voting against Schitt's Creek. I really do. I hate voting against it because it's just a beautiful episode, and it's such a good show. Over. And that's a vote for Downton Abbey to pull it even with Schitt's Creek. Drew, you got to break this tie. What's it going to be? Oh, I definitely will be breaking this tie. Um, <clears throat> so, on the left side of our bracket, there is only one episode on here that I didn't even bother to watch because I have absolutely zero interest in. And that would be Downton Abbey. Um, my ex-wife used to love this show. I used to hear it on in the background. It had zero interest to me then. It has zero interest to me now. Uh, now, in fairness, I would have normally given it a shot for this. However... Shit's Creek is one of my top 10 shows, probably. And this episode in particular is just so phenomenally done that there was not even a snowball's chance in hell that Downton Abbey would have beaten it for me. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, if it moves on, it, it's it's going to be really difficult for me to vote against it in the future. Uh, I might, depending on, you know, what it's up against. Um, but... Yeah, it's hands down Shit's Creek for me. And Shit's Creek's going to pick up a second vote. It's only one vote away. Leah, does it get it here? So it's no secret that, like Happy Hogan, I too enjoyed Downton Abbey a little too much. Uh, seeing the castle decked out for Christmas is so picturesque, especially that last scene with Matthew and Mary, who, I, I mean, I shipped from day one. Um, even though it was kind of weird and Mary is kind of horrible a lot of the times. Um, I still wanted them to get together so badly. So when he gets down on one knee as she makes him um, and proposes to her and he basically says like, let, 
let's do this together. Our past is our past. Let's be each other's future. It's just so great. It's snowing and she's not wearing a jacket and it's a whole thing, but it's just really beautiful. My issue is that as a standalone episode, I think if you were not coming in knowing about the Anna Bates situation, not knowing um some of the other surroundings because it's a it's a really long episode guys and I loved out Abby but when I rewatched this the other day I was like wow this episode just kind of keeps going there's a lot of storylines that go on in the episode that I just don't think the plot points hit if you've never seen another episode of Downton Abbey so as a standalone episode I think it's um it tries really hard and is beautiful but it's more fan service it's not so much a, a, a good standalone Christmas episode so because of that I am gonna vote I want to vote for Downton Abbey but I'm not going to I do have to go for Schitt's Creek because I do think it's it's it, the highs are a little higher for me um that party at the end puts everyone in the Christmas spirit with the silent night and it even moves Stevie to tears when that scene happens. So I think if it can move Stevie to tears, it can positively affect anyone, even if you've never seen the show before. I think you still get the the weight of all of that. Um, Schitt's Creek gets A plus for effort and execution for me. So um, it really, really breaks my heart because I really want to move down Abby on but i am gonna move Shit's creek on because i do think it's a stronger standalone episode and the 11 seed Shit's creek is gonna pull off the upset over the six seed downton abbey but i want to know tim did we get this one right i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yep i i'm so glad that you guys decided this one because i probably would have gotten it wrong um it would have been a great chance to use a buzzer beater. I have tried watching Shit's Creek. I got through seven or eight episodes and we stopped. We've never gone back. I don't get it. I don't find it funny. I'm, I'm open to being proven wrong. And I'm sorry, Drew. I realized I just smacked your mom in front of you. Um, I have to dig her ass up. Shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I had Downton Abbey on my vote simply because it wasn't Schitt's Creek. So that's where my vote is. And Downton Abbey will pick up a second vote, but too little too late. Schitt's Creek will be moving on. I think we already uh, can count maybe one vote against it in the next round. I'm not to, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, but we'll find out. And uh First, before we get there, we got a long way to go to find out who it is going to be facing. Will it be the number three seed, Seinfeld, The Strike, probably better known as the Festivus episode, versus the 14 seed of Ted Lasso, Carol of the Bells? We're starting this one off with Brittany. Um, so, gosh, this just feels like a repeating sentence I'm going to say, but this is the only episode of Seinfeld I've ever seen and the only episode of Ted Lasso I've ever seen. Um, just going to be a running tagline for the show. Because <laughs> when I got the list, I was like, oh, I've seen about half of these shows. Not in a long time, but I've seen about half. And then the other half, I was like, hmm. So, uh, but that's what streaming services are for. So I did go watch both of these. Um, and I had to watch them as standalone without having any prior knowledge. Uh, Seinfeld, The Strike, it's obviously the famed Festivus episode. Uh, didn't really like any of the characters. I'm not sure the characters were meant to be likable. Uh, but, like, I was just a little bit like, 
oh, okay, this is, you know, 90s comedy, I guess. I, you know, and it's like, it was fine. Uh, wouldn't say it was like a super strong episode for me. It had its funny moments. Uh, I liked Elaine giving out the phone number to an actual business versus, you know, just making up a fake number to give people. Um, but yeah, I, I just wasn't super into the episode. Ted Lasso didn't understand who anyone was, didn't know what was going on, but I enjoyed the episode. It was easy to kind of root for everyone. Everyone kind of felt like, like just good spirited. It was very lighthearted. I'm a sucker for a good love actually parody moment with the cards and the, just the showing the little girl with halitosis telling her classmate that he hurt her feelings through the love actually cards. Uh, like say it's carolers and just that moment, even though I had no idea who any of these characters were, I think that moment itself clinches it for me and I'm going to vote for Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso picks up its first vote. Let's hand it off to Drew. I've got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, <laughs> so Brittany, uh, you're wrong about Seinfeld. It's a fantastic show. You're right that none of them are meant to be liked and that's part of their charm. Um, that being said, uh, it's the Festivus episode. Uh, this this was one of the most painful things on this entire bracket for me because I'm a big Seinfeld fan. I'm a big fan of Festivus. I celebrate it every December 23rd. Not even a joke. I, I do wish people a happy Festivus. Um, you know, it... it I, I wasn't watching it when it was on. I I found it in my mid twenties and fell in love with it. Um, but it's it, it's been it's been a part of my life for a long time now. All that being said, Ted Lasso is arguably my current favorite show. Uh, it is just so feel good. Like no show makes you feel as good as Ted Lasso does. Um, and this particular episode just just strikes so well. I'm uh, as, uh I, I can almost not say it out loud, but I'm I'm going Ted Lasso on this one. And that's another vote for Ted Lasso. We'll head it over to Leah next. Okay, so the Festivus for the rest of us. I've always heard that um phrase being thrown around, you know, December 23rd-ish. Um, but I have to applaud the fact that this episode came out in season nine of the show. That was crazy to me. I just figured this was something that like was always a um, like a plot point or, or at least people made comments about, you know, throughout the whole series of the show. Um, I am not a Seinfeld fan. This is the second episode of Seinfeld I've ever watched, um, but it did actually bring the laughs. Now, I would have preferred more Festivus. And less like silly plot lines. Like, I don't even know what was going on with Kramer in the stupid bagel place. Like that was, I was like, I don't even know. What's, why is this a thing? Um, and Jerry with the girl who may or may not be pretty, depending on the lighting. Yeah. Those storylines I like literally could not care less about, but you know what? Every single time Festivus was mentioned, I was cracking up laughing. I actually decided to start uh, celebrating Festivus myself this year. And it's the Ligori way. We celebrate holidays like way before they actually start being able to be celebrated. So I started celebrating Festivus today, December 1st. Um, so you know what? You can do whatever you want. And you can say whatever you want about me. But I am all about Festivus. So uh, the Seinfeld episode is going to get my vote. And Leah, surprising the absolute shit out of me, <laughs> gives Seinfeld its first vote. 
Tim, you're up. Uh, this is pretty easy. Um, it's a modern sitcom versus a classic, uh, but my vote is going to go to The Strike here. Um, it introduced the idea of Festivus. It's something that people are still talking about. However, many years later, I still get wished happy Festivus by people. Um, so we'll talk about it more later, but that's my vote. Well, we may or may not be talking more about it later. Because that does bring Seinfeld to a two-to-two tie with Ted Lasso. And that gives us an opportunity, uh, if anybody wants to use a buzzer beater, to try and sway Chris one way or the other. I will just casually hold up my Festivus poll to the camera. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put your poll away there. I'm gonna <laughs> Chris, take it away. Guys, I think we're, we're not paying attention to something really important that happened on Seinfeld. Kramer had a job. <laughs> Nine Been years in, 12 years. Nine years in, Kramer had a job at a bagel place. Oh, like that was the that was one of the ongoing jokes of the show is what does Kramer do? What does Kramer do? Like that was a great way to end it. Unlike the ending of actual Seinfeld, that was a great way to end that bit. Um, I don't think this is fair, but at the end of the day, for Christmas last year, my wife did make a donation in my name to the human fund. So fair is fair. But the bottom line is this. We won't know for 20 more years how well Ted Lasso holds up. We know for a fact we're still talking about Festivus, the human front, the bagels, the the woman who looks, not the woman, but the person in general who looks different in different light. Ooh, bad lighting on the porch. Like, that still makes me laugh. <laughs> Festivus is classic. The weird thing is, is it, do they mention Christmas once in the entire episode? I it, mean, it's the holiday. Yeah, because... George, his whole getting yeah. out of the whole fake charity thing was that he doesn't celebrate Christmas and felt like he was going to be they, persecuted. I, I thought they said holidays, but you know what? Neither here nor there. Like, we still talk about all of this. Like, Leah, the entire way to dinner tonight was talking about airing her grievances. I had to remind her that the airing grievances are about telling other people how you've disappointed them throughout the year. <laughs> to which Leah reminded me that her airing of grievances started with me disappointing her by lecturing her about the rules of Festivus. <laughs> Oh, what a wicked web we weave. This is Seinfeld. Like, this this isn't close to me because we just don't know how well... Like, Ted Lasso, it's a great show. It's it's funny. It's charming. But this is Seinfeld, y'all. Come on. Well, guess what, Chris? Festivus isn't over until you wrestle me to the ground, okay? (laughs) You got to pin him. Oh, I'm going to pin him, all right. (laughs) 30 seconds or less. All right. And for all of those of you who, like me and Frank Costanza, find tinsel distracting, you will be pleased to learn that Seinfeld is moving on, although it was a very tough fight put up by Ted Lasso. Uh, Seinfeld did pull off the comeback there at the end, and we'll be moving on to face Shit's Creek. Oh, fun. And we're getting down to our final two matchups of the night. Uh, We're coming back around to the beginning of the episode because our play-in game uh, is going to be featured in this next matchup. We've got the seven seed which is The X-Files, How the Ghosts Stole Christmas, and it will be taking on the West Wing in Excelsis Deo. And up first, we've got Drew. All right. I love me some X-Files. I love this episode. Um, This episode is one of their lower-budget episodes, literally four on-screen actors the whole time. Um, It's really fun when you have a show like the X-Files that can have fun and do a Christmas episode. Um, You know, 
Christmas episode. Um, that being said, though, as we discussed during the play-in game, like either of these West Wing episodes can go all the way. Uh, they have that potential. Um, and at the end of the day, this X-Files episode isn't going to be one of those things that can knock it off that easily. Um, no disrespect to the X-Files, but it, West Wing, hands down. And West Wing is going to pick up its first vote. Leah. Well, as I mentioned in the playing game, um, you know, uh, Richard Schiff, who plays Toby on the West Wing, won his his Emmy um, or maybe his first Emmy. Maybe he has multiple. But the first one for the for this episode um, from season one. Um, but I would like to think that Mrs. Landingham really should have won some kind of magical award for her like three scenes in this episode because she is just fantastic like when toby turns around and you see that she's wearing her jacket and she's like toby i would really like to go with you to the funeral oh my gosh like just she's just wonderful what a wonderful little lady she is um and then when they do the 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 gun salute at the funeral and you see her like wince when the guns go off, oh, it's so good. And it's just so beautifully shot. Um, most things on this bracket, spoiler alert, are not going to win my heart more than the West Wing will. So it's, it's. I'm sorry, X-Files. It's got to go the West Wing here. West Wing picking up a second vote. Tim. All right. I'm going to throw what is probably a pity vote to the X-Files. I just want to appreciate that, you know, a lot, a lot of shows highlights is their Christmas episode and the X-Files did one with four actors and those actors are David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, Ed Asner, and Lily Tomlin. Like, <laughs> like that's an incredible cast of actors to do a bottle episode for Christmas. And um, so I'm just going to throw my vote to, uh, to the X-Files here. X-Files picking up a vote. We're heading back around to Chris. What's the score right now? Two, one. It is two to one. Uh, Tim, doing the uh calling moneyball a little bit early because tim i gotta tell you the x-files is not my cup of tea it's never been my cup of tea you know what is my cup of tea the gut punch that you get when you hear miss lanningham talking about her son's dying and saying all she could think about is how they i'm gonna cry thinking about it damn it it's about all that she couldn't be there for her kids. Like, come on. That episode is phenomenal. I am legitimately tearing up thinking about it because it means that damn much. That episode's phenomenal. It's one of the best episodes of television ever made. Uh, West Wing, not close. X-Files. <laughs> and West Wing picks up its third vote, and we'll be moving on to the next round. But I want to know if Brittany thinks we got this one right. Um, well, uh, Cue the refrain. Uh, this is the only episode of the X-Files I've seen. However, <laughs> I have seen the majority of the West Wing. Um, this was an interesting X-Files episode to just watch with no context of the show. Um, I feel like I need to know if Scully and Mulder ever did hook up because it kind of, that whole vibe was just will they, won't they the whole time. Um, I didn't realize that's who the other two actors were on the show. They looked familiar, but I couldn't place them. So thanks for clarifying. It was a fun episode little bit trippy um not knowing anything about the x-files didn't know what to expect it was a fun episode however as discussed heavily in the pre-game um that episode of the west wing um is one like chris just said one of the, probably the best tv episodes ever that i've ever seen and 
there's another West Wing episode that I think tops it for me emotionally, but I won't talk about that one. Um, but this one just like the entire night, whenever we've talked about these scenes in the episode, especially with Mrs. Landingham or Toby in the funeral, I've gotten chills every time we have talked about it. And the fact that so many years later, the episode has that impact to where I just get chills and want to cry just thinking about the episode. I mean, it's got to be the West Wing. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I've been getting chills too every time you guys have been talking about it. Uh, West Wing picks up its fourth vote. And we'll be moving on. Uh, sorry, X-Files. The truth is out there. And the truth is that you're going home. <laughs> <laughs> I really did love me some X-Files, though. Same. We're down to our final matchup of the night, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be the number two seed of Friends, the Holiday Armadillo episode, taking on the number 15 seed, Third Rock from the Sun, Jolly Old St. Dick. And we are going to be starting this one off with Leah. Yeah, well, this one's a real easy vote for me. Um, huge Friends fan. This is a great Friends episode. It's totally ridiculous holiday episode. It's not just a Christmas episode. It's a holiday episode because you know what? They talk about Jews, too, because there were these people called the Maccabees. And every single time I hear anything about the Maccabees, I think back about to this episode and i hear ross's voice in my head um friends is known for their thanksgiving episodes but this is one of the more memorable uh, christmas episodes that they have um, as they intertwine the stories of hanukkah and the celebration of a secular christmas for young little ben um i imagine that this is what a lot of mixed families kind of go to when they're trying to teach their kids you know their different cultures and traditions that might be a little blended um so it's probably super relatable and super ridiculous, but you know what? It's super fun. I love it all. Um, so yeah, it's the holiday armadillo for me. And the holiday armadillo picks up its first vote. Tim. Yeah, my favorite part is when uh Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt. <laughs> uh, you know, we've expressed a number of opinions over the years about the perceived quality of friends by the uh various panelists we've had on this show. Um, we all know who I'm talking about. Uh, but there's a reason why Harm Holiday Armadillo was on pretty much every list that I found. Uh, there's a reason it's the two seed in the the pre-fan picked bracket. Um, it didn't need to be voted in like Jolly Old St. Dick. Uh, Ross just wants to share the magic of Hanukkah with his son who only knows about Christmas. He just wants to teach Hanukkah so that he knows both. Um, the awkwardness of Chandler trying to find the words when he sees the holiday armadillo is hilarious. Uh, so this is an easy vote. I'm going with the uh, the weird turtle man. <laughs> and the holiday armadillo picks up its second vote. Chris. So I understand why Superman is here. But why is there a porky pine at the Easter Bunny's funeral? <laughs> God bless you, Phoebe Buffet. Uh, I've got a lot to say on this. Uh, uh, aside from the fact that 30 Rock is a completely underrated sitcom, we talked about it on the 90s sitcom. That show is freaking funny. But Holiday Armadillo is iconic. There's more to say to this. I would tell you to go back and look at the other two subplots going on in that story because they're really freaking funny. But no, Holiday Armadillo gets my vote. Holiday Armadillo picking up its third vote. We'll be moving on, but we still want to hear from our last two panelists, starting with Brittany. Okay, so 
Um, before I watched the third Rock from the Sun episode, I figured, yeah, you know, I'll check it out, but I'm sure Friends is going to get my vote. However, personal story time from my life. I did a secret Santa one time with a group of friends. And uh, I was, and we were outside and I had no pockets and we all drew names for secret Santa and I didn't have anywhere to put the name that I drew and I didn't want her to see that I had drawn her name. So I ate the slip of paper that the name was on. (laughs) I told my friend about it. She told me I was certifiable. I was cool with that. Um, That has been one of my, like, just one of my most, like, what the hell moments in my own personal life. So watching John Lithgow eat the secret Santa piece of paper, I was like, oh, I'm not certifiable. I'm John Lithgow in Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> and for that reason, that immediately won me over. And even if even if it weren't already friends automatically moving on, I would have thrown my vote to Third Rock from the Sun because it was that unexpected moment. I've been there. The mood flip of the whole family on Christmas twice in one episode was great and giving people presents they didn't ask like that weren't theirs like no she's gonna hate that take this that was my present (laughs) well fine you're giving this like that whole sequence was fantastic plus like not knowing that Santa's not real and therefore just losing the magic uh or the Santas in the mall weren't real I should say um, losing that magic every time he saw one of them take their beard off and wanting to fight all of the mall Santas. I was dying that entire episode. It's made me want to watch the entire show. So Third Rock from the Sun, Jolly Old St. Dick, it's my vote. And Third Rock from the Sun is going to pick up a, a vote there. Uh, yeah, it's been said, we said it during the 90s sitcom, and uh, Brittany's saying it again here. Third Rock from the Sun, if you have not seen it, it's such a fantastic show. All right, Drew, finish us off. Well, just to start, I've opened my third different beer of the night. It's going to be a classic uh, Killian's Irish Red. Lovely. Um, eh, not really. I They're more nostalgic for me. This was like my late high school, early college beer of choice fair um (laughs) so as has been said third rock from the sun very underrated show you know it 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 sneaks under the radar of a lot of people when they're talking about like the best shows of the 90s Uh, you know i i as Brittany touched on i love the perspective of you know kind of seeing things like the holidays through the eyes of people not from here you know the whole santa thing um <laughs> that being said the holiday armadillo is one of the most classic episodes of any 90s sitcom at this point and it's it's gonna be a hard one to beat throughout this whole tournament um i think there's a few episodes in these brackets that can go toe-to-toe with it but uh, in this matchup it definitely lands the knockout punch here I mean, you know, I, I get why Superman's here. <laughs> it's it's just, it's perfection. Um, like, love or hate friends, like, this is an episode that most people know and at least have some level of appreciation for. Um, yeah, it's it's friends. And friends picks up its fourth vote and we'll be heading into the next round. And that will do it for the left side of our bra- bracket. We're just going to do a quick recap here. The number one seat of The Office 
one, it's going to be taking on the number nine seed of How I Met Your Mother in the next episode. Uh, the number five seed of The Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, will be taking on the number four seed of Lost, The Contest. The con Still in Seinfeld mode. The Constant. That would have made Lost so much better. <laughs> right? <laughs> the number 11 seed, Shit's Creek, in the biggest upset of the evening, will be taking on the number three seed of Seinfeld. And the number 10 seed, the West Wing, the play-in game, and Excelsis Deo living past its rival within its own show, as well as the X-Files, and will be moving on to take on the Holiday Armadillo episode of Friends. That one will be a fun one to chat about in the not the next episode because in the next episode we're going to be doing the other half of our region but when we get to our sweet 16 oh boy we got some doozies there uh if you are liking what we do here i'm just gonna run this down real quick because i know this episode's running long but patreon.com slash p-t-e-b-b that's for pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology if you could throw us some support there we have several different levels uh that's one of the ways that we got drew on the show uh, he's a supporter we certainly appreciate that and appreciate all of our patrons but if you like what we do here and uh, feel so inclined that would be awesome all that money goes right back into the show uh if you're not able to support the show totally get that uh times are tough for a lot of people but if you could just leave us a five-star review write us a rating five-star rating write us a review wow only had okay three drinks tonight but still um that'd be great uh otherwise you can find information about the rest of the socials in the show notes uh until the next episode i have been your host mike i've been chris i've been Brittany. oh yeah i'm drew <laughs> All right, I was just logging into Patreon to consider yeah. up my uh, my membership. <laughs> um, I'm Leah, and I've been Tim. Have a great one, everybody. Bye.